everybody. My name is Tony Barnes. I'm a father, husband, realtor with Keller Williams Pinehurst, professional musician, ambassador for Military Foundation, Camp Resilient North Carolina, and corporate leader for Patriot Foundation. I've always been fascinated by people. Everyone I meet, I try to hear as much of their story in whatever brief moment in time we share. Even the most average-seeming human could have a captivating story. This show is about unlocking the stories of the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet and those whose names have positively influenced the communities they serve that maybe I haven't met yet, but can't wait to. This show is simply called More or Less with Tony Barnes. More is in Moore County, the beautiful southern North Carolina community that many of us call home. And because some of these stories need to be shared much more. Less as in less serious, lighthearted conversations with one-of-a-kind humans about how they do more. People cry on our show sometimes. <laughs> Actually, almost mm. all. Usually it's me. But uh, <laughs> If I start crying, oh, Lord. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, no, if it's not you, it's me. That's right. Normally <laughs> no. the tears come from us. Uh, right. But every now and then we get lucky and like, somebody else cry. Not right. that we want to make people cry. Right. They want to be happy <laughs> tears. Are you joy. Oprah? You're uh, Oprah. You're basically Oprah. I'm Oprah. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, Just Oprah. Make or there's some like uh, actor show that I keep thinking I can't think of what it is that every every guest that always comes on cries. And well, so I thought you meant badge the, of honor. the wings. Are you talking about the Zach hot 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 zone? What is that called? Oh, oh between. Sure. Are you talking between about between the ferns? Between or whatever? two Zach ferns. Galson, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, also we talk about beards a lot on this show, and we mm-hmm. actually our guest for the first, well, second, third time. Well, I think we don't we, have bearded th- guests, yeah. which is interesting. Well, oh I think like, what I was saying <laughs> is that right since now. the since we no, started no. to talk about it here, the second because. We all of a sudden it just became a topic of conversation. Who were we? Maybe it was Mackenzie's Mill. Yeah, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden beards became a topic on this podcast. Yeah, and mine's grown a lot in the last yeah. couple weeks. Yeah, and mine's short. Yeah, because I can't grow hair. Deshaun is wondering why she's here right now. Is this? Is this? <laughs> maybe we should inter- introduce our guest today. How about that? <laughs> she's like, did I sign up for this today? I thought this was a serious interview. Here it is. I promise we'll get to uh, the good stuff. It's um, seriously an interview. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Sort of serious. But anyway, uh, we have Deshaun Russell here today with uh, Southern Elegance Candle Company. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Absolutely. And she's local here, too. You live in Hope County, correct? Yes, I do. So this is more or less, but you pretty more or less around Moore County, right? More or less. Than more right now. More than you realize. I used to be an administrator in the school systems here. Oh, Oh, okay. Well, there you go. When did you do that? Um. I was an administrator in, my son was born in 2011, so like 29, 2009 to 2011, I worked at Southern Middle School. Okay. Okay. All right. Right down the road there from where we live. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, A noble calling. Absolutely. (laughs) That's the word. (laughs) Did she throw up in her mouth a little bit? (laughs) Is that the word we're going to use? Okay. Oh, man. This is great. Uh, I didn't say maybe noble. Noble execution, but the calling is noble. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Amy Ferentz here, who happens to be my sister-in-law, and she is the social media manager for Southern Elegance Candle Company. Uh, how are you doing today, Amy? I'm doing great. I uh, saw you yesterday. See you most days. See you know, most days. When you marry a twin, you pretty much see them every single day, uh, whether you want to or not. I'm the second mother to his children. That's so. right. That's right. You know, you marry one. 
and they're both around all the time. It's kind of great. No, he hates it. <laughs> just kidding. No, that's great. No, it's awesome. <laughs> so I'm crying already. See, this is, it's, it's easy to do on our show here. You cry normally me. Anyway, uh, so we want to talk with Deshaun and uh, hear about Southern Elegance. Maybe give us a little uh, background on um, kind of your history, where how you. Were, are you from here locally, or did you move from somewhere else? Or? And so what, what actually happened is um, I'm from Durham. Um, that's where my family settled. Um, my dad was in the military, so we have kind of lived all over, but we settled in Durham. And uh, graduated, went to college, graduated from Fayetteville State, did what a lot of people, a lot of women do. I met a soldier, got married, traveled, followed him all over the world. Um and that's um, while I was living in Germany. This is going to be kind of a convoluted story, but it all that's is going to come back together in the end. Give, give us the good. So when I was living in Germany, um, that was the first time I had been really out of the country and living in a, in a just totally foreign kind of place. And so the whole time I was there, I was like, oh, my God, I just want to go home. Like there's something special about living in the South. Now, I had traveled to different parts of America, but like living in a foreign country, I was like, there is just something like unique and special about Southern living. And so I would come home frequently ended up coming back home settled in Georgia moved from Georgia back to North Carolina the whole time I was working in education so I'm getting advanced degrees and that type of thing like I said I was working here in Moore County as an assistant principal I ended up getting pregnant at 40 and so I'm pregnant I'm looking around like I cannot believe this is my life I'm working on my doctorate in ed leadership and I'm just like how did I end up pregnant so I get very sick. I have to quit my job. Um, and I'm sitting at home with this baby. And now I'm like 41. And I'm literally like, this cannot, I'm unemployed and I got a kid. Like, I feel like I have made all of the bad choices in life, but later in life. And so I'm like, okay, let me just get a job to kind of get out of the house. And so I got a job in Hope County, um, teaching again. And it was just really to kind of reset my life and try to figure out what I wanted to do. And I just decided I didn't want to do it anymore. Like one day I was just like, I don't want to work in education anymore. But I didn't have any clue as to what I wanted to do because my whole life was kind of set up to be in education, either as a, a principal or superintendent or something along those lines. And so I was like having a midlife crisis and I started this company. And all I wanted to do at the time was replace my loyal teacher salary. So I said, if I could make $2,700 a month, I would be happy. That's all I wanted to do. And so I hired a coach because I didn't know anything about running a business. And she said, well, what can you speak authentically about? Because you 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 got to choose something that you can talk about because you don't know nothing. So <laughs> you can't talk about marketing sales like you don't know anything. So just choose something that you can talk about. And I said, I love living in the South. So I'm going to create a whole brand around living in the South. And she was kind of like, eh, well, I mean, if that's all you got, like, we'll go with it. And so that's what I did. Um, one day I went in and I just quit my job. And my um, husband at the time was like, um, what are you doing? Like, this, your whole life is, like, dedicated to education. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start this little candle company. It'll be fine. I'll just sell on the weekends at fam uh, farmer's markets. And that'll be good. And of course, he's like losing his mind, like, <laughs> because at this time I'm about 45. And so he's like just straight losing his mind. Like, what are you doing? Like, 
we're trying to retire and you're talking about starting a business. You don't know anything about running a business. And I'm like, it'll be fine. It'll trust me. <laughs> he said, you got one year. And so at the end of a year, he was like, okay, you got another year. And then at the end of that year, he was like, I don't like this. I want a divorce. And I was just like, well, let me see if I got to choose between possibly being rich and famous or being a wife. I'm going to take the rich and famous. So I'm going to just have to let you go. Good luck. And I'm going to celebrate you on the way out the door. So got a divorce Well, we separated. That was in 2019. Six months later, the pandemic hit. Mm, So in the middle of going through the divorce, I have this brand new company, really. And um, I have to shut everything down. And we're the whole country is just like it's going crazy because we don't know what to do. And it's just like that. That was the moment I was really looking like, what am I doing? Like, this is a disaster. Like, maybe I should just be a teacher. And then something happened and we got traction and um, it just started growing and growing and growing. And that was in 2019. So 2019, then 2020 hit. We started being on national. We started people started writing stories about the company. We were on Good Morning America, The View. It just exploded and it really hasn't slowed down since then. And it literally like overnight went from this cute little company in the country with four employees to six months later, we had about 30 employees doing, you know, over a million dollars a year in sales. Wow. That's amazing. Do you, do you have any idea what like that initial switch? Yeah. I attribute it to a lot of things. Number one, the fact that I did create a company that I could speak authentically about was mm. like incredibly important. Yeah, it was very well branded. Um, we had really great photography. Our social media was um, phenomenal. Um, I have a dynamic personality just from being a teacher for so many years, and so when people would see me, they they liked what they saw in terms of me. The whole pull yourself up from your bootstraps kind of story mm. really inspired a lot of people. It inspired a lot of women. Um, seeing a woman run the company, it inspired a lot of minorities. Seeing a black woman run the company, it inspired a lot of people that lived in rural areas that may have felt like their resources were limited and they couldn't do it. So seeing somebody in a rural area do it. So there were a lot of moving pieces that um, really helped the company grow. Also, during that time, we had the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor um, uh, incidents that happened. So the the country was like at a a, a precipice, you know what I'm saying? So it was like a different time. And so we were just uniquely positioned to take everything that was happening at that time and use it to our advantage. Like at the end of the day, this is a business. So I I always feel kind of funny when I say that, but it was a very unique time. And we just took all of the elements of our story and just really just ran with it. Every opportunity we get, I said yes to, I don't care who called me or what they wanted me to do, go sell. I just said yes to every opportunity. And because of that, it just had a snowball effect. Well, we appreciate that because obviously we're nobodies. But you said yes to us, and we appreciate that. <laughs> yes, but we do. Thank you. Our, all four of our listeners actually probably grown maybe ten now. <laughs> I think we. Yeah. You know, you'd be surprised. We're out there yeah, now. Yeah. Are we really? Yeah, we're in the 
double digits. Wow, double digits now. Thanks, God. Well, we're going to be way higher yeah, now. I obviously, know. so uh, I know we got to be we got to be tight with this one. Yeah, but I did want to say really. I actually saw with Amy. Uh, Amy and Michelle had a business. I won't name them on, on the air, but they were. It was a. Uh, multi-level marketing business right mm-hmm. um, selling jewelry and stuff like that and I, I saw they had a sort of a blow-up moment too and i saw how they didn't handle in my opinion i mean she, the, and i hate to say, they, they were great people the people mm-hmm. that were running it fantastic but it kind of caught them off guard and you know i, I imagine it's completely when when you go kind of na- nationwide all of a sudden i mean there you got to hire people you got to get things moving you got to uh, logistics i mean it's very impressive just to see that you were able to grow especially during a pandemic like that hire so many people get you know keep it organized and running the right way so what were some of the ways that you dealt with that kind of challenge i want to be very clear it was a disaster okay. <laughs> like I, I want to be very clear right. I, I remember i said i had no experience in any of this yeah so i had no experience about literally anything luckily for me i had just gone through goldman sachs ten thousand small business program um, which is a very competitive elite training program i had um, worked with bunker labs which is an organization that worked with military affiliated people be it spouses or people in the military or former um you know soldiers and so i had these two organizations behind me to help me kind of navigate the explosive growth you have to understand when you're talking about companies that do 99.9% of all businesses are small businesses and um, you know we already know 95% of those businesses fail within the first five years and then um, less than like something like 5% ever see um, a million dollars in sales a year Hmm. and so I mean a million dollars in sales for the lifetime of the company so when you talk about a million dollars in sales per year like that is it people make it seem like it's a lot of companies doing that but the reality is it really is isn't and so when you add being a female and being a black female to that like they don't even keep statistics on the number of black women that actually do that somehow that shouldn't surprise me but it does oh yeah yeah it's it's like so minuscule it's just you know they don't even know what the number is and so luckily for me i had a lot of people around me to help me but i will tell you it put me in the hospital I passed out on the floor one day. We were working around the clock, and I had to learn everything all the time, every day. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's why uh, I tell people, I need you to decide what number per month you want your business to be. And then I'm going to tell you all of the risks of going to that number, be it 1,000. 10,000, 100,000, or 500,000, because we had a $500,000 month. And I just tell them, I'm going to tell you the risk of all of those. And then you decide what kind of life you want based off of these numbers that I tell you. So I do not recommend it um, to anyone. But sometimes when opportunities come your way, you just got to kind of go with it, even though it's a tsunami. And you just hope that you can grab a tree or land on a roof and just survive it. And that or, it doesn't or get on a surfboard and ride it or something. Yeah. yeah. And so that's pretty much what has happened for the last couple of years. I think 2023 was the year I decided to slow it down and to really make some hard decisions about how big do I want the company to be and what is the bigger mission for both myself and the company? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, um, I do not recommend it, but uh, 2019, 
2020, 2021, and 2022 this year have been the most difficult years of my life. Hmm. Like it was just easy to be a teacher because that's what I knew how to do. Then it was easy to be an administrator. And I was always the best at what I did because I knew exactly what I was doing. But this, you do not have, most people do not have the institutional knowledge the family knowledge, the generational knowledge to run a company because it's something that as a country we have moved away from. Mm. And then when you add manufacturing to that, you know, and then at a rural area, being a minority, limited resources, um, there are a lot of challenges that, that you have to endure that a lot of people are not privy to, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it was very, very difficult. And I tell people all the time, you better be very quick, you better be very smart, you better be very flexible, and you better have people around you that understand that you are gonna, being a business owner is gonna fundamentally change who you are. Hmm. Yeah, well, this is kind of a recurring theme. We talk about it on literally every time. We don't plan on it, but I guess right. the people that come on here, you know, have that kind of drive and motivation. And, you know, for myself, I was fortunate enough. To, I grew up in a blue collar family, you know, work, hardworking. You know, my dad lays tile for a living. And my mom had done little, um, she worked for the hospital and pathology a little bit, but then she did kind of bookkeeping and stuff like that. But we've always been, especially with my dad, you know, and my uncle, we've always been entrepreneurs. You know, we've made our own way and worked hard to kind of get there. And that seems to be a recurring theme here is like you, you people that take that step, but they know that there's no failure is not an option. You know, mm-hmm. you get into it and you, you're going to bust your bust your ass pretty much and, and make it happen. And that's with every single guest we've had in here. I mean, there's yeah. no, and, and there's a reason for why they're sitting in the chair. Not that we're important, but, you know, we try to interview <laughs> yeah. you know, interesting people. You know? I think, um, <laughs> you know, I tell people. So I, the first thing I tell people is that there's nothing wrong with being the man next to the man. So sometimes you do not want to be the man. Trust me. <laughs> you do not want to be the one signing the checks. You want to get your check signed. So that's the first thing I tell people. The other thing I tell people is that you eat what you kill. When you're not working, you're not eating. And not only are you not eating, some people that work for you may not be eating Mm, also. And that's a heavy burden to bear. And so for a lot of people making that mind shift from being an employee to being an employer is incredibly difficult. You know, because it's easy to go to work and then go home and then veg out in front of the TV. All right. I haven't watched TV in years. Like I got ready I got ready to turn on my TV the other day and the remote didn't work. And I was like, <laughs> oh, the batteries, you know, are dead. I opened it up, the batteries had exploded. Like the stuff was leaking out of the back. I'm like, I wonder when the last time I turned my TV on. Like I have no idea. Mm-hmm. People are talking about stuff that's, you know, I, and I'm looking at them like I have no idea, like what TV show, what what anything. If I don't catch a highlight somewhere on the internet, I have no idea what's going on. I literally work all the time. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Like it is, it is a grind. It is a hustle. It consumes your entire life. Um, and that's why I tell people all the time: you better choose your number. Choose your number. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a sacrifice. Really it is, is. And, yeah. and depending on how big you want to be, mm-hmm. you know, until you get to that point where you're like, all right, well, we'll get this big. I'll I'll do this for ten years, and if I survive, I'll sell it for a couple million yeah, dollars. Yeah, that's not, that part. You know, that yeah. part. If I survive, if I survive, there is absolutely no guarantee that you're even going to survive. Yeah. And then, and 
the like the current climate that we are in, it's like from one year to the next, you literally do not know what to expect. There was a time we kind of knew based off of, um, you know, predictions and, and forecasting and that type of thing where you can kind of go, oh, OK, we know we're going to go into a recession. It's going to kind of be like this here lately. It's like, OK, we might go into another pandemic, you All know, right. in addition to a recession. And it's like, how do you even build a company? And then when you add the um, layer of social media where you can go direct to consumer, it's like it's it's the wild, wild west of business right now. You just never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And social media has been a big part of my you know, I was a professional musician, and that was—I mean—that was how I made a living. I, I did it for twelve years, you know, modest income, and and that was stressful. But then I had my first daughter, Everly, and and I was like, I need to do something more lucrative. So I became a real estate agent. I was—I had no, no idea about any of this. I went and took a crash course in the tests, and I—I I, I went with Keller Williams, and and ever since then, it's been the biggest blessing in my life. But a lot of things, you're right. You know, you you don't really get it. You don't get a day off. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You you literally whatever you put into your business is what you're going to get back. And if you you don't get weekends off and if you go on vacation you got to pay somebody to to take care of what you needed and still need to be available if you can be you know so thankfully for my wife you know michelle amy's sister um she's able to stay at home and work from home with our kids you know we have two young kids so that's been tremendously helpful for my business but i can't imagine being basically your single mother right at that Mm -hmm. time and and just pursuing this and doing it i can't even imagine the stresses and the sacrifices you made um and my blood pressure has been higher than it ever has been now and (laughs) i've got to stay at home wife you know helps with the kids you know you know, so it's it's really it's I can imagine it's been a challenge for sure. So I I think for me the biggest part is that I come from I I came from an environment and a generation where my parents were like get a good government job. So that meant working for the state or working for the federal government. And so that's what I did. You know what I'm saying? So the people that I surrounded myself also had that kind of mentality. Like why are you quitting this good good state job to yeah, the stability to, yeah, yeah to, to sell some candles like <laughs> i remember my landlord uh would not rent me the building that i'm in now and i had to just keep begging him like this is the only building in the whole county that can accommodate my company and he kept saying but how are you going to pay the rent and i was like i'm i'm i'm, I'm selling with i'm selling candles you know and he <laughs> was like paper. but he's like are people coming here to buy and i'm like no we sell on the internet and he was like you're 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 selling candles on the internet and i'm like yeah like we we we're we're selling the candles i have a website and we're selling the candles on the internet and he's like well how do people find you and i'm like social media on the internet like the what is this the whole, internet you speak of? yeah like <laughs> but it was just you know he he had a regular job in a small town with 4,000 people. The thought of me reaching a million people a month was unheard of. Mm. He couldn't even fathom that I would have that type of reach. And you were in Hoke at that time yeah, as well. It's you know still, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. still where you are And now. so we, our, our social media reaches about a million people a month, you know, on some level through all of our channels. And so that was not... When you live in a town with 4,000 people, yeah, I was, I, and you don't even know those 4,000, <laughs> right. to meet someone that goes, yeah, you know, about a million people a month see me, and a lot of those people are going to buy. It'll be fine. 
Mo- yeah, you know, he just, just couldn't believe right, it. Right, could mm-hmm. not fathom. Could not, could not. And so, you know, I paid the rent on time. So <laughs> after a while, he saw it growing. And he was like, oh, okay, I kind of I get it. But, you know, you... That's the problem that you run into. Even now, you know, I think this was six years ago. But even now, people are still kind of like, how do you make money? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, (laughs) I don't tell people who I am or what I do. And then we'll, you know, chit chat and then they'll come back and find and see me later. And they'll be like, you didn't tell me like how big you were. And I'm like, because it's not really big is kind of it's like play play money you're you're big on the internet but you're you're not really big in real life like i can go to walmart and nobody knows who Mm -hmm. i am Mm -hmm. and so it's like this really weird dichotomy but yeah so um the people around you don't understand literally at all what you do because it's in a world that's digital and they're not a part of it and and i think you have an extra layer because a lot of people are um especially with the pandemic shifting the way people think about work and and how they're going to live and you know and you've touched on a lot and so i i I wish we could talk about it all but we probably won't have time but you know the um you have a business that like you said you employ a lot of people uh how many did you say we hover somewhere between 15 and 25 people depending on our marketing efforts and you know that's a a pretty large workforce in a small town Mm -hmm. and you have a pretty very high revenue comparatively Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people even in bigger areas don't understand like you said, the the way that that changes you and the things that you think about and the things that you consider, and you know that just puts an extra layer of separation from them to you that they just can't, they can't figure, they can't understand it. Maybe they know. Sure, you have a lot of people relying on you, but the the actual reality of that is uh, is really hard for some people to understand. I think, okay, so I grew up poor. Like, I grew up down in Sampson County, barefoot, dirt road, kind of poor. Um, my grandmother had an outhouse. And so, well, my great-grandmother had an outhouse. So that, that I grew up very poor. And I remember growing up, and I said, I, I don't think I want to be this poor <laughs> when, I, when I get to be an adult. I don't think I want to be poor anymore. It's okay, but not my preference. And so um, I worked very hard to, like, achieve a middle-class lifestyle. And so I have been comfortably encased in this um, cocoon of middle classness for about, so I'm 52, for a good 30 years now. And so when I started employing people, and the minimum wage is like $7.50, and I'm looking at these people like, how are you making it? And I can't in good conscience pay you this. Yeah. Like, I, I cannot because I, I just know that what are you going to do with $300 a week? Like, I do that on groceries. Mm-hmm. And so it really changed my perspective on a lot of things about capitalism, about how we view poverty, um, how we view certain classes of people. Um, even though I grew up very, very poor, you know, um, when I started looking at some of the things and how my employees struggle day to day, it really 
changed my perspective on a lot of things. And these last three years really have made me look at the company not just as a way for me to make money, but as a way for me to really improve the lives of people that work for me in a way that it can be transformative. So I think because I, I did it later in life, I pretty much achieved all of the things that I wanted to achieve way before I started the company. Um, the company has really just become a way for me to really impact the community that I live in. And so the people that are close to me, they know what my like big five year and 10 year plan is. But I got some really big things that I got coming down the pike for the next few years. So it does. It really does fundamentally change who you are in a way that most people cannot even begin to comprehend. Yeah, that's a. It's yeah, a different. I mean, it's a different kind of frame of mind to be an, uh, an entrepreneur and how big you want to do it, and and also like the burden. I, like I, I wear everything. All mm-hmm. my Amy will tell you, and my wife will tell you too. I'm, I, I can be dramatic, you know. I wear my emotions all the way out mm-hmm. for everybody to see. I'm gonna cry. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I almost, I almost cried when <laughs> you were you? talking. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, what be, but but you know, I, I'm that guy. So when you you talk about like having somebody else under you, like just one person, mm-hmm. I yeah. thought about doing it this year. I mean, I got. Luckily, with my business in real estate, I got busy enough and started making enough where I thought, okay, maybe I'll hire somebody for you know twenty or thirty thousand a year and see. But but I thank God. I mean, thank God for me. I, I right before that happened in sales, you know, we started hitting the interest rates climbed mm-hmm. and doubled, and things slowed down. And I, I was at a point where I don't is my business going to keep going up or straight or mm-hmm. down or what? And so thankfully now in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't hire somebody because I mean that I would wear that every day. Like gosh, but but then again, it makes you work so hard probably to get to that level where you know you're te- you're sort of taking care of them too, but you don't want to have to be there. So I mean, I can't imagine having 15 or 25 employees to. I mean, that's a big burden, you know. So thankful for employers like yourself who who take on that burden and, and want to do that to help transform lives you know yeah and i don't recommend that either people <laughs> suck. let me tell you people suck yeah so i, I don't recommend it's tough i'd be like listen if you can figure out how to be a solopreneur and not have to hire people <laughs> do that because hr is its own beast yeah it's oh. tough having so, employees that, yeah you know you you want not to grow prepared. together <laughs> with your employees, but you know people have lives that uh, get in the way are, are challenging. Yeah, and their yeah. challenging lives bleed over into the company. Yeah, and I've hired people that really have almost imploded the whole company because their personal lives. Um, really, we're dealing with a crisis right, right now. now. Yeah. Like literally, mm-hmm. we're dealing with a crisis right now that is monumental. And every day I go in and I'm just looking like, how did I miss this? You know, how did I not know that this was happening? Um, did I? How did I, I'm always looking like I failed when there's a catastrophic mm-hmm. issue that we're dealing with? Th- that is my fault. I don't care. I didn't fire somebody quick enough. I hired the wrong person. I wasn't paying en- enough attention to detail. Whatever it is, you know, at the end of the day, it is my responsibility to keep that company going and so yeah we're dealing with something now and every day i walk in there and i just feel the weight of these 
five, six hundred orders that, you know, we're getting through them. Yeah, were stashed in a folder that didn't go out. And people are like, where are my candles? I wanted to give these for a holiday. And we're just like, um, Mm. ma'am. So we're just going to tell you the truth. Like, and that's all I had for them. But that's another thing about your, your company. They know the owner. They know that you're so real and you'll tell them the truth of what's happening and they they love her so much that they're going to follow you no matter what because they love your quality candles and how good of a person you are and they know that this is just a one-off mm-hmm. yeah it really was like yeah. what we're dealing with now like we have a turnaround time that is super quick and our customers know that they, they, we have people that spend literally thousands of dollars a year on candles and i'm just I, sometimes i'll call them and be like ma'am are, like are you okay <laughs> yeah. like do, if you if you have a shopping disorder we will not sell to you like we don't want to just take people's money and they're like no i just love your fragrances and i give them to all of my friends or whatever it is so when we have issues they really are very understanding because i I expected people to just like lose their mind and we're just telling them like listen you know our turnaround time is 48 hours so for for it to be a month (laughs) <laughs> like to take to, to get you a candle like it is outrageous and totally unacceptable but they're mostly like oh I knew it was something cause because this is not how it goes you've built the company yeah. to be so tr- trustworthy and you have thousands and thousands of five star reviews yeah. people don't see bad reviews because it is a trustworthy company so they know that it's going to be okay yeah and mm-hmm. they'll get their products yeah when you're honest and you work hard and, and you have an authentic you know, mm-hmm. persona, and you do that, and, you, and you're honest with people about what happens when things go wrong. That's the biggest thing. Uh, people are going to be loyal, customers and your employees. Like you said, when you pay them, yeah. they're going to be loyal to you if you pay them a good, solid wage, you know. Right. Hope. And, sh- <laughs> and show Maybe them not. that. that you- I have no idea what I'm talking about. I just <laughs> yeah. got a microphone. Yeah, let me tell you. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going to just agree to be nice because we're on the radio. But I was not prepared to deal with employees. And I don't think that what I'm dealing with is unique to me I think that it is just the nature of being in a business and so I think like okay with my little 25 employees I cannot imagine what it's like with 200 people yeah like I I just can't even imagine the the people's I I was not prepared I'll just leave it at that Mm. Um, but I'm getting every I think like with anything in life every challenge you experience just makes you a better leader so we've dealt with uh, COVID issues being shut down we've dealt with um, I've gone viral both good and bad so learning to deal with virality and people are just straight up attacking you Mm. Um, I've gotten attacked for having a southern company being a black woman living in the south people are like what you happy about living in the south for you know and i'm like six generations of black people doing excellent things here it's my home yeah it's it's where i I live it's where i was born it's all i know i mean what i'm gonna celebrate you avocado toast in california like what i don't know anything about that and so um then we had uh, uh supply chain issues um, so I think that um, every, just every challenge that you deal with and you're never prepared. I don't care. You just never prepared to deal. It's always something new that you have to tap dance around as a business owner. Um, and it just makes you just stronger and stronger and better and better. If you can survive it, then it makes you a better business owner. So, yeah, you have to be able to dodge dodge yeah. a lot of stuff and, and get yeah. back on your feet and move around and like it's the same way in real estate real, mm-hmm. there is no 
every single transaction in real estate is completely different. I yeah. mean, there's no same transaction. There really isn't. You got because you're dealing with people mm-hmm. and a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when mm-hmm. you put those two things together, uh, man, it can uh, fireworks can be had. So uh, you you constantly are on your toes all the time. You're Interestingly learning. enough. I studied to get my real estate license, oh, wow. and this is when I was much younger, and I was doing it, and I was like, I don't think I have the personality for this. <laughs> like, I was looking at the people that I was in class with, and I was like, I don't think I have the temperament or personality to, like, cater to people on this level. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to just bow out gracefully and just go on back to school and be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so serious. So you're, yeah. you're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And then for you, you just never know everything is based off the economy Mm -hmm. so ups downs lefts rights like you just never know from one year to the next exactly what's going to happen and that's got to be a little unsettling also Mm -hmm. well anything in sales you know kind of goes through the ups Mm -hmm. and downs and true and the true testament time you know I guess for for anybody that's an entrepreneur in sales, I mean you you know you if you can have longevity, it's because you put you got in your business big enough to where people know you by name, mm-hmm. and you get that referral business because you've built a business based on honesty, hard work, all that stuff, and delivering and mm-hmm. knowing what you're doing, you know, having that knowledge and wisdom. So I think uh, you know, luckily, knock on wood. I mean, we also live in a very Moore County. Obviously, is better than a lot of the counties in North Carolina. I mean, we're lucky that way mm-hmm. here. Um, so that there's always people moving here for Pinehurst or, mm-hmm. you know, or Fort Bragg obviously is a big driver of our real estate sales market. So I'm lucky that I'm a real estate agent here. If I was in, you know, Scotland County, just down the road or Montgomery County, mm-hmm. I mean, this would have hit me a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I didn't know where I was going to go, you know, when this, the rates started rising and it kind of slowed down for a little bit. And then all of a sudden I got, I got a few buyers and I'm like, okay, the mark, there's still buyers out there, you know, so I'm feeling a little bit better about it, but still, you just never know. Mm-hmm. You, you just got to keep working hard, get your name on everybody's mouth, right? That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. Get seen, be mm-hmm. that. And, and I hear that, I mean, obviously with Amy, um, you know, and, and yourself with the marketing that you've done um, has gotten you on on the tips of everybody's tongues you know like oh southern elegance okay yeah that's great you know um that's the biggest thing get out there stay out there in people's minds and in the forefront so that's great that you've done that um i'm not very good i wish i had a tiktok my wife has a tiktok amy has a tiktok um I need to do the old TikTok, but I'm a little scared to be honest. Yes. You know, I think I, I tell people all the time when I'm, I'm I'm talking to new people, I'm like, who's going to be the celebrity? Is it going to be what you do or is it going to be you? Now, either one can work. Mm-hmm. So if you're a real estate agent, are the houses the star or are you the star? Which mm-hmm. one Which one are you going to choose? Yeah. If you choose an inanimate object to be the star, that's going to take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Like, how how many times can we see a beautiful house before we're not interested in anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, so then you got to figure out every single house, create a story around this house, and make it compelling enough for people who want to watch it every single time. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, a lot of people do, and that's fine. Or you become the star. Mm-hmm. Now, when you become the star, that means they're critiquing everything about you. I don't like your beard. Mm-hmm. You know, you could just kind of go, what? Like, this is, this is a topic? This is a beautiful beard. And then it'll go viral. Right, right. You know, with people debating the merits of a short beard versus a long beard. Yeah, How right. long have you had the beard? Do you dye the beard? Is that gray in your beard? Vote and it's for like, the long beard. You know what I'm saying? You're just sitting back like, what? Like, this, so is, this is real? Yeah. And, and but you'll be viral and people will be having all kinds of conversations about you. And so I tell people, like, who's going to be the star? And then are you ready for them doggone slings and arrows and rocks and everything else coming your way if you choose to be the star? She yeah. got a package one time. And then oh, 
We can't. I can't even say it. Please tell me it wasn't like the severed head of an animal. No, it was actually. um, I had irritated some people on TikTok. Um, I've gotten quite a few viral videos on TikTok, and so I had irritated some people with a take on relationships. And men, I basically men. (laughs) I'm already pissed off. So somebody (laughs) sent me um, a glitter bomb. Okay. Oh, man. And so I was expecting, you know, we get packages all the time. So I'm sitting in my car and I'm just like, how did they fit all of this stuff in this little bitty box? And so I'm struggling to get it open. And as soon as I open it, little glitter eggplants shoot all over Mail my car. parts. Oh, my God. Not real eggplants, but the emoji eggplants, people. Yeah, I can't. I want to say scary and not funny at the time. You know what? I'm gonna tell you. At first, when it exploded, but it was an eggplant. It was a male part. It was the male, the emoji. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was. um, What's another word that we can use? Genitalia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Starts with a P, ends with an S. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The 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 emoji. Yeah. (laughs) And so those little glitter things shot all over my car and. At first, I was like, oh, my God, I've been shot. And then when I looked down, I just started laughing. I was like, I cannot believe somebody took their hard-earned money and did this. And then my stupid self opened it in the car. She still finds them. I still find I do. I still find little glitter things. Hidden in all kinds of crevices. they're everywhere. They are everywhere. And so I had to hire a guy to come clean out my car. And when I called him, I was like, yo, um, I need you to come clean my car today. He was like, I was just there yesterday. Yesterday. I'm like, yeah, but I have a whole bunch of little glitter, <laughs> glitter things, glitter things in my car. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I got a glitter bomb. He shows up and like literally it's like dust thingies. Eggplant. Yes. All over in my car, <laughs> everywhere, the seats, the front seats, the back seats. And he's looking like, oh, my God. So, yeah. So those types of things happen. So now we got a rule. Nobody opens opens a package unless we specifically know where it came from. And you've got to get security. Yeah. And, a, and she has a new building. that. We're yeah. We're going to have to get extra security yeah. just because of TikTok. Like I have yeah. people are irritated with me and I don't even be saying anything. <laughs> controversial. It's, just real. it's just regular stuff. But like th- those are the types of things that you deal with on um on people are gonna hate no yeah. matter what so yeah but yeah that, that was the the people get jealous too yeah, yeah. and well, so i tell people i just believe in the second amendment so yeah. <laughs> well it's i might serve you pound cake or hot balls <laughs> one of the two <laughs> and we were talking you about the hot know. balls earlier right, That's right. <laughs> those <laughs> are actually bullets not okay balls. yeah <laughs> so you might get since we're talking cake. about eggplants you yeah, have we need to, to explain that to yeah, me too you, you might get hot balls or pound cake i don't know it depends on the, that we were saying that i was going to start a podcast and it's called hot balls for y'all and it's like such a cute name but people don't realize what i'm really talking about <laughs> and you yeah. referenced uh you're also starting coaching Yes, yes, yes. Business coaching. For for me, um, the reason, okay, first off, I'm a teacher at heart. So I I really miss that aspect of life. And so, but the the more I did this, the more I realized people don't know how to do it. Like they don't know how to do it well. And in particular, uh, women, go ahead. I wanted to say before, I think the way that, I don't know if it's your mindset or if it's just something you've learned. I mean, probably both. But, you know, just you just said the um, who's the star, you know, make that decision, make that consideration and then choose. And I think that is a very uh, valuable way to think and probably has contributed to your success. And I think that um, 
you know, that's why I wanted to bring it up because I think the things that you've said, you've referenced talking to people about a number. And I think just making that consideration is something that, to your point, a lot of people don't do especially naturally or, mm-hmm. or instinctually. And it is something that has to be learned in a lot of cases. Um, so sorry to interrupt, but no, no, no. I, I appreciate the way that you frame things. And I think that probably it, it has to do with being a teacher and, you know, and this is another topic of conversation, but the way people are taught to think, I think teachers, I really admire the way that, uh, and I, I try and emulate it um, over my lifetime just to be open to framing things in a new way and, and really taking the time to consider what's in front of you and and just be deliberate about it. So I was a math teacher. Okay. And so what I tell people all the time is, they go, what do you need math for? Math takes a big problem. It breaks it down into steps. There are a lot of ways to solve a problem, but at the end of the day, there's pretty much a right answer. And so you just have to figure out what is your big problem? How are you going to break it down to steps? And then how are you going to get your answer? And so for me as a coach, what I try to do is give people that big picture, but tell them there are Instead of it being one answer, there are several different answers. Now, you choose what you want your answer to be, and I'm going to help you get there. And so a lot of times um, with with any snake oil salesman and charlatan, you get, you know, I'm going to cure your cancer. Or I'm going to get you to six figures in 30 days. And I'm telling people, okay, first off, that's not going to happen. Secondly, six figures a month might kill you literally right. might put you in, in a cast yeah like you might get yeah. do it one time but but you don't want to do it every month yeah and so let's talk about the realness of your life you got two kids you got a real job that you can't quit because you need insurance and so now let's talk about what can you do what can you make that is reasonable for you so that you will still have a life and then i tell people all the time do you want your marriage to fall apart Like this is a reality, something like 85 percent of um, small businesses, their marriages fall apart. Like it is super high, whatever it Hmm. is. And so I tell people, do you want your marriage to fall apart? Is your spouse ready for you, especially if it's a woman? Is your spouse ready for you to have more power, more clout, more money, more notoriety than they do? That's what happened to you. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. You know, is your spouse ready for that? And most most are not, you know. And so we have these real kind of conversations with people um, on a, a, you know, a a basic kind of level versus this high end. Oh, you just want to be a TikTok star. Let me tell you how to go viral. I'm going to tell you how to go viral. (laughs) But then are you ready for literally thousands and thousands and thousands of comments and duets and stitches and think pieces about you? Are you ready for that? Most people don't want that. And I don't even recommend it for most people. You have to have really thick skin. Yeah. And so you're absolutely correct. I think my background in education, in particular in math, just frames me differently as a coach. So I'm uniquely positioned to help people differently. And then, like I was saying, like for me, just seeing just seeing the power of the Internet has just really changed. Knowing that I reach a million people, like literally I'm just like some regular degular chick in the country. Like horses surround us. 
and I have that kind of reach, you know, so it really can change people's lives. And but most people don't have the framework to figure out how to make it work for them. Mm-hmm. And I created it and then I only charge nine dollars and ninety nine cent a month for it. And so people are like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Why is it so cheap? And I'm like, well, because the people that need it are poor. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just really simple. The people that need it the most are poor. And so I priced it so that they can get it. And then if they make more money, good for them. But at the end of the day, I'm doing what I need to do. I'm set. I'm good. But I'm trying to help as many other people as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that's that comes through. I mean, you talk about trying to considering your employees and taking care of them and and taking you, you know, you mentioned capitalism and I that was one of the things when I said you s- s- talked about so much. We haven't really covered capitalism in any of our episodes, mm-hmm. but it's something that is <sighs> sword maybe like a it is double yeah, edge that's double a edge. that's a good way to double edge. A simple way to say it to frame a complicated very complicated and very i mean there there's a huge barrier i think there's a huge barrier for people to even understand capitalism from a real like a really understand what is really going on and who it's serving so I'm not going to get into all of that because yeah, I don't, don't want to irritate because... everybody on the planet. <laughs> I have done that before, but I will say this about it. Um, there are good and bad things about it. Um, it does serve a particular group of people um, when it is done poorly. It serves the right. masses when it is done appropriately. A lot of what we are seeing in terms of how capitalism exists in our society is a relatively new phenomenon where you have executives that make exorbitantly more than the employees. That's kind of new. And so I think that we have as a country, we have decided that we want capitalism to exist in a certain kind of way. And we've kind of all bought into it. But we are also seeing now that it doesn't work either. And it's putting the entire country on edge. And so we are all having to make some decisions about how we want to move forward. Mm -hmm. And so and I think that there's a group of people, both employees and employers, that are challenging our current system. And I'm one of those people that's challenging it. Mm -hmm. But there are certain beliefs and practices that just ingrained in our country yeah. like that's just how we are we were built on the backs of slaves pretty much right and getting labor as cheap as possible right and so now the the people that were providing that labor are like hey we tired of working for seven dollars an hour <laughs> yeah. like I'm hungry, like like basic kind of stuff. I'm just hungry, like yeah. I just need food. And so we're looking at companies and our government a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And so it is a very complicated and nuanced discussion. Mm-hmm. And so I just look at my part. I'm just like, if I can create a company that makes a lot of money, because I'm still a business, <laughs> right. that can pay my people well, provide jobs for my community, do some other things that we got planned, Um, that's what I want my company to do. My company at this point exists solely to serve my employees and my community. You're not even on payroll right now, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I took myself off of payroll. And then my coaching services will sustain me. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then my ex-husband got to send me a bunch of checks, too. (laughs) (laughs) So ladies, get married. And there's more. Don't shack up. Make sure you marry them. (laughs) So, you know, for me, 
how I look at money has changed dramatically in the last about 10 years. And so in how I view businesses and the the internet and the way that you can run multiple businesses and, and my position in the community, all of that has just really shifted, especially in the last about two years, mm-hmm. has really shifted when I see my employees struggling with housing, where a single wide trailer is $800 a month. Mm-hmm. And I know people in houses that don't pay that. So it's just really kind of shifted how I view my position as an employer and as just just a basic decent human being right. mm-hmm. yeah and as you make more money i mean i can speak i was a professional musician and by professional musician you know before taxes i was making thirty five thousand a year you know what i mean like and i had like two thousand dollars worth of equipment and i was driving and so you know i was proud of that you know for 12 years i didn't have I, that was my job i could tell everybody i was a professional musician Woo. uh but then you know i lucked into a business that obviously was lucrative and then even went more crazy during the pandemic which is real estate and now i've made a little bit of money in the last few years and and as for speaking for me as you do that the more money you make when you when you're comfortable and you have enough um you i want to give back Mm -hmm. i I want i mean everybody that's been on this show i mean you know if i have five hundred dollars to give to my i mean i'm pat i'm on the board of directors for camp resilient north carolina which is a military foundation you know for outdoor therapy for soldiers and their spouses and all Mm -hmm. that and i've worked with uh, patriot foundation and teamworks homeless organization here in moore county cliff brown's a friend of mine you know uh whatever i can i want to give back because i'm okay you Mm -hmm. know and and that's why if you train anybody that i pay in my business my they're not really my employees but anybody that I pay to do, I pay full retail for them because mm-hmm. I, I want that loyalty. And like you said, sometimes you can't always count on that. But, you know, I, I, I want to pay a good wage. I want to be that because I'm okay, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I think that's a great a great thing that we see. Everybody that, that's a guest in here is is passionate about something and they want to help. They want to give back to the community that they live in. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, and, and that's su- incredibly important, I think. And it goes – to what I think is the solution or a part of the solution or a way to challenge the capitalist framework that we've developed in this country relatively recently, like you say, I think that over the past, you know, 60, 70 years and the internet has brought that to light. I think you you talked about the way that the internet has changed the way you think about um, business and operate and I think it has allowed people like the employees that you referenced who are understanding that, I I, I mean, it just opens everybody's eyes to the wider world and it allows people to communicate in ways they weren't before and say, well, I'm experiencing this. Well, actually, I'm experiencing this as well over here, 30,000 miles away. Why is it, why is it hard for both of us when it you know, you look at these people who are making you know, $700,000 a year for, for what? For what? You know, I think that um, what I have found, especially being on TikTok, is that the human experience is fundamentally the same. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you are, like on the planet. It is right. fundamentally the same. And so when you get a lot of people together talking and you're like, wait a minute, like something about this just doesn't sit right, you know, but there are systems in place to keep it in place, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so but fundamentally speaking, I have found that most people do not desire to have a lot of money. 
most people desire to have enough money. Enough, yeah. Just enough. You know, that enough varies based off of where you are because, you know, enough in America is might be different than enough in South America or Canada or whatever it is. You know, each country has its own level of um you know, their own standard of living. And so, but generally speaking, people just want to meet that standard of living in their country. And everybody's experienced the same kind of experiences. And it's just really, really interesting having those kind of dialogues with people that may literally be in London. I was talking to somebody last night, to somebody in London about starting their business. And they're, they're going to take my coaching program because it works for them in London. And it, I would dare say it works if you speak English, because I, I don't know any other language. <laughs> if you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? it doesn't matter where you are. You know, the fundamental principles that I'm teaching you will work. And so that's just kind of mind blowing for me to see we're really kind of all the same and we're really all doing the same thing and having the same experiences in life. That's what it, it's mind blowing to me. Once you realize that, if you take the time to really think about the world from an honest, open perspective, you'll get to that point. And then I am constantly, and that's why I keep harping on it, because it's something that I am so frustrated and just blown away that people who are in these positions of power and business owners don't consider their employees important enough to make the effort to raise them even just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand why. I don't get it. Because it challenges the whole system (laughs) that the country is built on. We are ingrained with these beliefs. You cannot change generations Mm -hmm. of beliefs in in just because ten, of the internet, ten, right. you know, in the last, you know, 10 since, years, yeah, 10, 15, we'll 20 say, years, yeah. you can't undo 600 years of cultural conditioning. The, the the only thing that you can really do at this point is just show people, okay, this is how it is. Now, how do you feel about this? Hmm. Well, it doesn't feel good. Now, what are you going to do about this? You're just the first generation. Then you have the next generation, and then the next generation, and then the next generation. And eventually, some things are changed, or the country is going to collapse. I mean, that's just historically what's right, going to happen. Right, yeah. So, but we have enough information now to start making those changes. And then we have enough businesses now. Like I said, 99.9% of the businesses that exist are small businesses. So that's really where that change is going to happen. Mm-hmm. When you see the Amazons and the Teslas of the world, that's the, those are anomalies. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not the real companies that keep... And really upset me. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're, but they're not the companies that keep our economy going. They're, they're really not. Right. Yeah. If Twitter went away, like some people are going to be angry, but it's not like we're going to collapse. We just move to another social media platform. Right. If Tesla went away, we're just going to buy some Fords. Like they're <laughs> not the companies that, you know, keep us going. They're just the ones that suck all of the air out of the room. And so when you start looking at all of these small businesses that are really trying to make impactful, meaningful um kind of changes in their communities, I think that that's really where those changes are going to occur. And, th- and those things are happening now, but it just doesn't get the kind of attention that it should. 
Yeah. Yeah, there shouldn't be – I mean, speaking of the two-edged sword of capitalism, you know, I mean, it's, it's obviously capitalism has helped mm-hmm. you. And, I mean, you've mm-hmm. found, you found a way to, to make it uh, helpful for you. Uh, that's great. You see these, uh, like, my kids, and, and they watch these things on YouTube, like people putting little mm-hmm. uh, blocks together with their kids, and they're making, like, a million dollars a month. And you're like, what the mm-hmm. – you know, that's the great thing about capitalism. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of Tesla and all that, you know, Elon Musk, I mean, should a man have – hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars no. like sh- what they if shouldn't. i said yes well that's true i mean th- see, what here if we i go. said yes well should they if they are if they have that responsibility and i know that a lot of people like bill gates has the foundation they donate a lot of money but mm-hmm. comparatively um compared to what they make i mean could they you know there's layoffs or things like this like you i know you understand you have to do stuff but mm-hmm. you know sh- sh- whoever does those things like with twitter the takeover of twitter like i don't know any of that but like you know they're laying off people he's taking this thing over he's trying to you know those kind of things that just really hurt the the regular joes you know with these billionaires just kind of make D- does mad, it though know? because again the, he is an anomaly he's not the average employer you see what i'm saying and so we feel like what he is doing is so monumental but in the big scheme of things is it really so i'm not trying to mm-hmm. dismiss what he does i'm just trying to frame it a little bit differently and my other thing is this we have had super rich people super powerful people all throughout history this he's not the first and he's not going to be the last mm-hmm. it's just a matter of as a society how do we manage people that accumulate excessive amounts of wealth? And right now, and probably throughout history, we idolize these people. So how long as a society are we going to idolize people that accumulate power? That's really what the question is. And so as long as we as a a people idolize these people, nothing is going to change. There are always going to be ways for them to get more money, more power. That's just what it is. And so, but again, we're talking a very few people, even though they have a higher percentage of the wealth, you know, we know that, you know, a lot of the wealth is concentrated in the hands of a very few people. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it is the masses that allow this to happen. Because if everybody quit Twitter, like if literally everybody that works for Twitter was like, I'm not working. And everybody else goes, I'm not working for Twitter. We don't want you to have this power. If everybody at Tesla quit Tesla and nobody went to work at Tesla, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They wouldn't have the power that they do. So the power is not in that one person. It's in all of the small people that show up every day and prop them up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where my stance is. You asked what's wrong or what if somebody should have that amount of wealth. Or I think it's fine as long as, you know, one – if they're not treating people well, I mm-hmm. think that is a reason for them not to have that power. Mm-hmm. I agree. And th- because they have that power, and to your point, as a society, we idolize people like that and in that position, taking, you know, making an effort to benefit the employees in their company or to benefit society in a positive way reflects is going to be reflected, let me say it that way, in the people that are already looking to them for leadership and guidance and and who influence who they influence without even trying, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that it then is reflected back in the way that they operate their businesses if they're business owners or the way that they 
imagine that they would or what goals they strive for instead of striving for maybe to be uh, a small business owner that does everything they can to support the employees that they have and the community that they're in. Instead, they're saying, what can I do to take a business that I want to do at, to get it as large as I can to make as much money as I can as fast as I can? Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. And so currently we are in a trademark dispute with a company that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> and their M.O. is to go after other small companies and put them out of business. <laughs> that is what they do. They're trademarking and so everything. They, they're trademarking a lot of names that are just common, very common names. And so um, we fell into their radar and they came after us and started shutting us down on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So this is the culture that we live in. This is this is how we operate. And that's a huge as thing a on Amazon. Sorry to yeah. interrupt. Yeah, it but. is. I mean, it happens with a lot of small businesses. Mm-hmm. Something gets trademarked, and then you know the company can afford to trademark like hundreds of names, and then they come after all of the small businesses that may be using these names, and then they shut you down, and they slowly shut you down on all of your selling platforms. Well, they came after the wrong one when they came after <laughs> me, because I was like, I'm getting a lawyer. I don't know. And I'm going on TikTok, and so I had viral videos. <laughs> and so many other people came to her, other Kindle <laughs> yeah. owners that are like, they did that to me, too. They did it to me, too, but Man. they didn't have so she's the, bringing awareness to Yeah, they didn't, they, they didn't have the fight in them. You know? She's got the fight. <laughs> So they like, did mess with their own. They called my lawyer. Was like, "Can you please tell her to get off of TikTok and just please shut up? <laughs> like, we'll we'll work with you, but she's got to just shut up." Like, but um, to your point though, this is this is the the environment that we live in. You know, a Oof. lot of people came and was like, "Well, this is just how you play the game. You need to be smarter." That's like right. that literally was their yeah. point of view. Not this corporation is abusing the system. And shutting down small businesses, but, well, you're a small business. You just need to be smarter. And I'm like, I think you're missing the point. (laughs) I'm just going to block you and just kind of keep it moving. So, again, I think it just goes back to how we are, how we exist as a society, and what our values are as a country. And I'm not, I don't have any judgment one way or the other because it would be crazy for me to be like, this is wrong when I'm trying to have a... You when know, you're trying, yeah, you know, I'm trying to make as much money as possible within the so system. So far, be it right. for me to be like, this is not right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, at but the you end would of the do day, good with your money, though. It's flawed. <gasps> you know, you would have fun, but also do a lot of good. Like she wants to change. Good is so, so many relative. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And Whenever I talk about that, I always say I, I try not to talk good or bad, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I try to leave judgment out of it. I try to literally say, this is what I would like to do. The people that want to come along with what I'm doing, that is great. The people that don't, that's fine. Um, but I try, you know, you know, I really try to leave a lot of judgment out of what I do. I just know that I live a very comfortable life and I work with a lot of people that do not. And I have the ability to help them live a more comfortable, stress-free life where they don't have to worry about their house getting shot up. Mm-hmm. Like basic kind of stuff. And so if I can create an environment with my company and then do with some uh, doing some real estate deals that creates a safe environment for people. That's what I want to do. Is it right or wrong? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. To be perfectly honest, I'm not sure. Because people's lives are the result of their decisions. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if their life is the way it is because of the decisions that they have made, who am I to come in and say, 
you deserve something better. Like, I'm, and I'm serious about that. If they wanted better, maybe they would have better. Mm-hmm. Maybe me trying to help them have better is going to be detrimental to me. But your intentions are, are what matters, I You think. know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just say this is what I want to do, and then we'll see what happens when I do it. It may be great. It may be a disaster. We don't know yet. But for me, I just know that I want people to go to a place that they work and enjoy, make a decent living, and go home to a place that they don't have to worry about getting shot up. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how it all pans out in the end. Yeah, and I think that's that's the important thing is to make the effort. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you have the ability. But let me say this. I don't mean to cut you off. So no, let's no. just say. Because, I mean, we've, we've talked about this. So what I want to do is um, I want to take the money that the, the profits from Southern Elegance and then create a community for my employees where they will also have somewhere to live. So they'll go to a job that pays them a living wage and then be able to go to a community where they have, um, you know, it's a safe space for them and their kids. But that goes back to your concentration of wealth. And so in a small town like Hope County, not only am I one of the major employers in the county, now I'm also... Landlord. Yeah, a landlord. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I will have a disproportionate amount of influence in that county, mm-hmm. which is going to be a problem for quite a few people, mm-hmm. you know, when you have that kind of power and influence. So in a town where only 4,000 people, I'm imploring one of the top employers and will be one of the top landlords. Like, do I deserve that? A lot of people would say no, simply because of my skin color or my gender. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I mean, I'm just I, saying. I hear what you're all saying. All I'm saying is that's why I leave judgment out of it. And, right. and I'm, I'm, Which I'm I think always is important. saying it's you a know, double-edged sword I because didn't. the same thing that we're railing against is the same thing I'm trying to get. Mm-hmm. And you're right. And maybe I am judging. And I do try and keep. No, no, no. Not you. I'm no, just saying for I, me. But, yeah. you know, I, I do. I mean, I judge. I'm not going to hide away from judging Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos or, or Elon Musk for the way that they run their business or the way that they have run their business to get to them to where they are, because I believe that they've made choices that impact people in a very negative way and mm-hmm. hurt a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, their employees first and foremost among them. And, but I do think it's important to leave judgment out of it. And like I said, approach things in an open and honest way and make an honest assessment. Mm-hmm. You know, and if that leads to negativity or what I think is the worst thing is a positive feedback loop of negativity. Mm -hmm. So the more that you do, the more negative things happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I try. um, I think it's an important thing to realize what a positive what a feedback loop is and Mm -hmm. what a positive feedback loop is and a negative feedback loop and where you are and what you know, which one you need to implement, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, a lot of things in life turn into a loop, Mm -hmm. you know, either something that the more you do it, the harder it becomes to achieve something, being a negative feedback loop and a positive feedback loop can be positive, have Mm -hmm. a positive result or a beneficial result, I'll say, or a detrimental result. And it's complicated. Know. It's complicated. Yeah. I mean, that's there what, is no an, like yeah. sole right. answer. You know? That's why I also yeah. appreciated you say find your your answer. I love the way that you frame that. Taking what you learned as a teacher or how you um, taught and say, as a mathematician or as a teacher, 
in mathematics, breaking down a problem is an important way to handle any large problem. But when you're talking about entrepreneurship and starting a business or making a big life change even to bring it outside of the realm of business, find the answer that you want first and then retro, you know, um, mm-hmm. backtrack to where you are now. Yep. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, when it comes to things like that, like you just, you know, knowing where, knowing what you want, knowing that there's going to be risks and sacrifices and no one exactly, you know, I mean, no one knows exactly what they want, but like you said, most people want to just be comfortable or, you know, mm. to have enough money, raise their family or whatever they're into and, and have peace and safety, you know, okay. and, you know, whatever that number is varies for everybody else. But, you know, there are people kind of get envious of people that make a lot of money. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of levels of that. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't see. I think part of the cool thing about you being a teacher and a coach is, is that you can tell them you've been through it. You mm-hmm. can tell them now. And I've been through things. And now I can say, you know, hey. You know, you're going to sacrifice your your peace of mind on you're not you don't get weekends. You know, Friday at five, you ain't you ain't partying. You know what I'm saying? Like you can party, but you better have your phone on. You know, and you better party by yourself if you got to work. You know, so um, people don't kind of see the sacrifices of what that that entails to make money. You know, I mean, you have to be you don't get to turn your mind off, and that is a big big thing that is hard for for a lot of people to take and to do. You know, so I mean, I have the utmost respect for. You trying to give back and teach, you know, hey, where do you really want this? I mean, what it's kind of like risk management, you know, like I'm a I'm a gambler. So, like, <laughs> I got risk all day long, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but I also have two kids and a wife. Yeah. So I keep that risk, you know, <laughs> under the table a little bit, you know. Um, so I've learned how to manage that. Um, you know, it's really what how much risk are you willing to take, but also have the things in place to know that you're not just going to be rich tomorrow. You have to make a living somehow. You have to make money, especially if you have kids mm-hmm. to get that get it off you know and running you know and then you got to figure out how to how do i transform from having this full-time job and doing this part-time into doing it full-time and then once you're full-time you realize uh okay training wheels are off i got to do this and i got to do it for a long time you know so i just the the whole i don't know where i was going with that other than the fact that um the the entrepreneurial spirit and people that we have on here you know it's it's not always envious to make a lot of the money you know you you need to know where you want to be you know so I, don't know, I was going somewhere with that, but Frank, make fun of me. <laughs> I'm so excited for her coaching program too, though, because her wealth of knowledge and experience, that's really going to change a lot of lives too and help people get started. And those people that, like you said, the people that don't have the money, they're going to need it the most. And she's doing it at an affordable price and I get to be a part of it too, which I'm really excited about. And I'm just, I'm, it's a, such a good program to get into because what you're going to get from it is, I've seen it and it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And we look at it every day, and we're like, "This is good." So it's it's good. It's a good feeling to be part of that. Yeah, teach others how to make you know make yeah, a little bit I, and and make do take part in the system, but to, yeah, you know, get and, what you need out of it. You know, you mentioned is are people deserving based on the choices? I think that if if more people were to look at everyone around them and say, "What can I do to help them help themselves?" Then we would all be in a better place. Absolutely, I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah, you know, because if you if you just give somebody something, it could help them in the long term, and it could help them only in the short term and be detrimental to them in the long term. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's up to them, though. They you know what they do with that, and and how they move forward, and you know. So I I might be uh, 
an, too much of an optimist, but I do think <laughs> we can all achieve that basic floor level or that lower level threshold that we can all be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. As yeah. a society. As a society. I, I definitely agree with I that. I think mm-hmm. that's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I li- when I lived in Germany, that was the first time I saw it. And I was like, oh. This is what the government does for people. <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time that I literally saw it, and I was like, okay, this fundamentally changed how I viewed society. And it, it was the first time it showed me that societies can exist in in different ways. And so, yeah, it, we definitely can achieve it. Yeah, and I, and that's all. I, that's why I like this show. We talk about things uh you know did you have an idea we were going to talk about what we talked about today in, i bet in detail? you y'all didn't have an idea that y'all were going to talk about this y'all thought we were going to be talking about candles touché. 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 i almost asked you how you make them but i was like we don't need to get into that well i was gonna i have been enjoying this conversation Me thank you for coming coming on both of you uh amy and deshaun uh but i guess tell us a little bit about where people can find uh, the coaching oh, yeah. and and find your candles so so that we can promote your i not love that you to say this promoting. let me just say this okay. i love being able to say this google me yeah. <laughs> well, you google it yes nice. just google me you can google me or you can google the company southern elegance candle company now there are going to be pages and pages and pages of information that comes up but yes don't click the tiktok first yeah. oh yeah. please do not go to my tiktok whatever you do do not i have to tell people that for real i have to literally tell people do not watch my tiktok first go see what i've achieved and what i've done and what's going on with the company s-e-candlecode.com go see my tiktok but yes just google us so. i only believe the good stuff yes <laughs> you said s-e-candlecompany.com s-e-candlecode.com oh co okay. but like yeah, she so said, i learned a valuable look- lesson about domain names um, oh it is that a one, lesson that you that have one to was learn. not a, a, a so Southern Elegance cost six thousand dollars, and Se Candle Co was like one ninety nine. So I said we're just gonna go with the two dollar name. Yeah. And yeah. now I'm just like, oh, Google us. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. so, it is a little yeah. yeah harder it's, to it's a little it's wonky. It's, it's a little wonky, but and, you know Southern that's Elegance. An, so that Southern Elegance just. That's where you find us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Google Southern Elegance. Domain names is a whole nother thing. Yeah. Oh, I literally just had to pay $100. I, I let mine slip. Or the card I had on file was no mm-hmm. longer, and it slipped out. I, I felt like I was being robbed. I had yeah. to pay. Thank God it was. I mean, there was a bid on it or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, and this was my music one, which isn't that. doesn't have a lot of hits. I mean, it's, I mean, I imagine if I did, it would have been like, oh, yeah, you pay us $1,000 and get it mm-hmm. back. Right. But I had to pay $100 to get my domain name back. Oh, and mm-hmm. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Yep. Who are you? You don't own my. Like, yes, do they do. Well, yeah, some lawyer, speaking of filth and trash, I love, there are some lawyers I really love, they're really good people, but those ones that do that stuff and like, oh yeah, we're going to just take advantage of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and people, domain name campers, like, Mm -hmm. you know, your point, the trademark campers, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to call them from now on. Filth of the earth, yeah. Like, um, okay. Anyway, give somebody else a chance. Can we say some f bombs now? No, no. Okay. We have. I listen. I have done amazing. I did not say one cuss word. Right. Yeah. So it's, a plus for me yes. today. Yeah, and you you pulled it off like you never say cuss words. Well, what yes. the um, shit? I almost said it. <laughs> well, that's a shocker. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. That's great. No, that's. I mean, there is. The, you have to have the ability to turn it on and off, right? Mm-hmm. As a business person, I mean, you gotta yes, you gotta sir. navigate. Yes, you know what I mean? That's why I don't go to her TikTok first. You know, mm-hmm. go to the Google. But it's good to have that know. outlet too. That it would just be totally real and yeah. just yeah. let yeah, it go. True. That's true. Yeah. Even yeah. if you get blocked from it every other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
You got to have thick skin, really. People are all, all the people are listening are like, I'm going to her TikTok right yeah. now. <laughs> there you go. So it, all those 20 people are now looking at your TikTok, right? We're going to promote this. So we hope yes. to have 25. Please. Yeah. Please. All right. Hey, I want to be the star. Okay. Okay. I don't want to be the star. No, I don't know if I want to. Well, you already are. You're on the cover of the podcast. So, well, it's even... only for ten people now. I'm a little scared if it goes to a thousand or something, you know. But, uh, but that's the thing. You do have to have thick skin to be the star, right? I mean, I, when I say I'm good at social media, I've created a network. I don't. I never did a lot of the videos. You know, the videos were the thing that I've always been self conscious about. I do some here and there, and every time I do it, I always feel like, man, I did a pretty good job at that, you know. But, but I'm always. I kind of have that fear, you know. I have thick skin as a professional musician for 12 years, you know. Know, getting up in front of people and singing all day long for five to six nights a week is not an easy thing to do and people do criticize but when you put it out on the internet that's the scary thing for me i mean because you know i i'd have a family and and you know i get hurt you know it's like everybody else everybody has feelings and um so i guess i've kind of strayed away from really doing the videos but i know that if i did the videos it would help my business you know mm-hmm. in the long run so that's something i need to work on you know so i really admire yeah. even though in the businesses i've been in you have to have a thick skin you know in real estate and in music um but i kind of keep it under control a little bit i'm a little bit there's that risk management there that i'm like maybe i should let go a little bit more and do that so i admire people who do put themselves fully out there because i i put myself out there i mean obviously i'm doing this show and i play music and i do this but i do keep a little bit of like that sanity like i'm afraid if i do go viral that it's gonna hurt you know i'm gonna get hurt you know and that's you got to really let go of that you know mm-hmm. you really and do. especially for her being a black woman too in america that's just the all the diversity and everything like that's what people really just hard to hate her. just to hate you yeah know, just hatred yeah, people you know? love to hate yeah God. um i don't it doesn't really bother me that much anymore because but it's been a struggle yeah, I, there there was a time that, that I had to get off for my own mental health. And then I had to reevaluate, like, how am I going to use my platform? And so I had to make some real hard decisions about how, you know, when, when I came in and you were like, you got clout, you know, and I was like, oh, no, I don't. So but at the end of the day, I do realize that I am in an elite group of black women um, and an elite group of women an elite group of black people, period. And so just being in that position just opens you up for criticism, period. Mm. So I I really had to say, how big did I want my company? What do I want to do with my life? What kind of impact do I want to have on the world? Like when I die, what do I want people to say about me? And so once I just had that kind of come to Jesus moment with myself, then I said, okay, this is how I'm going to use my platform. This, this is how those million people that see me, this is what they're going to see every day. And they get what they get. And I said what I said. Like, I'm, I'm, I stand ten toes on everything that I say. But at the end of the day, I think it goes back to your point where you were saying, what is my intention? What, what kind of impact, what kind of boss do I want to be? What kind of community do I want to build? I think it really does go back to that. And I know that my intentions really are, for the most part, even though I don't like using this word, good. My intentions really are good. And so those people either got to come along or they got to get off the boat and all of the everything else that comes along with it, I'll take it because I can a little bit better than maybe the next person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of responsibility to take, you know, to have to be able to take that mm-hmm. criticism too, and to put your. I mean, the more you put yourself out there, the more you get it. You mm-hmm. know, and, and I've seen that on a small scale, and mm-hmm. I can't imagine 
you know on a national or international scale so um, yeah. it takes a lot i mean i can't imagine the toll on your you know like, i don't read the comments anymore yeah. when celebrities used to say don't read the comments i was like <laughs> oh my god what are they talking about don't read the comments I don't, <laughs> don't, I don't don't read the comments. Sometimes don't I read the reading comments. the emails. It <laughs> really makes you feel sad for just the state of things. The most, I mean, you know. The, the, does the, it, the, though? See, the, we go back to this. Does yeah, it, though? Yeah. Does it? Does it? To me, it, it the loudest people, count. though, are the ones that are yeah. always like, yeah. I don't know. It takes all kinds to make a world. Yeah, that's true. That is my favorite saying. It takes all kinds to make a world. And if everybody was rainbows and unicorns, like, really, what would get done? Mm-hmm. Not much, you know. It's like you well, know, I growing like rainbows up, rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> growing up, everywhere. I always, I there was a time in my life when I was like, everybody should be happy. But then, uh, you know, you learn, and if anybody who asks that question or says, "I always want to be happy," you, you're always encountered with the question, "Well, if you're always at one state of being, what gives you a frame of reference to experience it fully?" Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I hear that and I ultimately have a positive outlook because sure there are a lot of people on the internet who are hateful, vile people who uh, just want to bring other people down or or enjoy it. You know, I think it's unfortunately kind of a natural inclination to enjoy that drama. Mm-hmm. Um the internet in and of itself allows for the communication that like we talked about allows people to come together and recognize the collective human experience for what it is that it's a collective experience and that we are all here and all want to be comfortable and all want to achieve great things and all want to make a lasting impact and you know, but some people don't always keep that in mind in their everyday life. But it's those people that criticize that push people to succeed the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times that's true. So that's without a great this point. trademarking thing that we're going through, I mean, we got so many sales and so much um, engagement from people because they want to support us because we're going through this. Uh, without that negativity, we wouldn't be making all this extra sales. Listen, so. when they came after me. I said, I don't see the downside. I right. talked to, I, the I first person I talked to, I said, Amy, I do not see how we're going to lose with this. Nope. Because if we take on the fight, it's a David and Goliath fight. Yep. There is no way that I can lose. Even if I have to change every single name of every single candle ever, there is no way that we can lose. And you're so, and that's what happened. Rallied. And that's mm-hmm. what happened. You know, when I started talking about other people were like, this is not fair. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And then other companies were like, yeah, they came after us, too. And then, you know, in the end, it worked out in our favor. But to Every your time. point, there can be no positive without the negative. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always that good and that bad and that balance that happens that, you know, is just how it is in the world. Right. You know, and I believe in the multiverse. So I believe that and I'm going to say this and then I'm not going to get too deep. But I just believe that every decision that you make. There is an alternate reality where you made a different decision and for every single decision that you make in life. So there is some version of me that might be, you know, a nice mom with five kids and a housewife. And she's perfectly content with that life. And then there's this version of me that for some crazy reason decided to be an entrepreneur. There's some version of me that went off in the world and became that superintendent of schools. You know what I'm saying? And so... You just have to go with where you are right in this moment and make the best of it. But 
I think we forget that for some people that they have made the choice that they made for their life. And it is what it is right in this moment. Mm -hmm. They have the ability to change it. If they choose not to, I'm not going to try to drag you to the top with me. If you want to lay in the gutter, I'm going to just step over you. Mm-hmm. But then the next person would be like, hey, you know, you don't have to do this, but it is entirely up to you. And so for me personally, I just feel like my company is just an extension of this current version of me that's trying to do the right thing in this moment in time. That's mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't thought about that in a while, but I do believe that or have when I think about it, believed that every decision causes a branch, mm-hmm. you know, and then there are infinite. Mm-hmm. That's know. the math in me. Though. Uh, we were just talking I know. about that the other I day. Was, I was very, <laughs> I was very uh, involved in math, love math mm-hmm. growing up. So I, well, maybe that's where my my frame of reference for that comes from too. I was not. It was hard for me to put <laughs> two and three together uh, to figure out what it made. Oh, neither uh, is your wife. So Everlyn Easton are in, in trouble. That's right. Yeah, really. I mean, but um, so I did want. I know we're kind of getting here on time. Yeah, I know. Probably, I'm so. sure you got to get back to yeah, work. I um, do. Um, this is my work. So well, let's just go. <laughs> I'm, I'm comfortable. Yeah, real, real quick um, about uh, where they can find your candles. Also. Tell us about some of your favorite candles that uh, I want to hear if that's okay. Like your favorite scents and how okay, you kind of my favorite up. candle is any candle that we sell and I make money off of. There you go. All right. <laughs> um, I keep All it very right. simple. Uh-huh. Um, we have fragrances that I am not a big fan of, and then we have fragrances that I absolutely love. But at the end of the day. I think everything that we sell is pretty amazing. Yeah, they're all Southern yeah, Roots seriously. inspired. They make you feel like yeah. uh, they bring back memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite. Of, go ahead. Oh, sorry. It's Southern Sunshine. It's lemon and um, sh- mm. citrus and sugar. And it's just the perfect candle for me for yeah. like after I clean my kitchen. And I know Michelle's always burning candles at Tony's. Mm. And she I loves love the apple. Fall, yeah, you know, apple pumpkin crisp. and apple yeah. spice. Which we brought um, Frank a pumpkin souffle today. Oh, so. thank you. Oh, yeah. Souffle. Yeah. You, but the real question is, Deshaun, yes. do you have a biscuits and gravy candle? <laughs> and did I just create one for you? Please. We do not currently, but maybe that is something we, maybe. Will, consist, we maybe. will consider. Do yes. I get... Uh, Royalties. Royalties. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Biscuits and gravy, baby. Biscuits and gravy. Come on. That is it. That's right. like creme brulee, though. Like, I, those food candles, they make me so hungry. I feel like a biscuits and gravy one would just yeah. be the same. I'd be so hungry all yeah, the time. I like it. Sponsor the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? Help us out. We're obviously struggling, Sean. <laughs> we do have um, names of, like, southern cities, though, like uh, New Orleans, um, Char- uh, Charleston, Lexington. Um, so things like and they all have ties like Lexington is apple and bourbon. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, he likes that one. Like yeah, so that. all of our candles are based off of Southern agriculture and the names in the sense that we create. They, you know, we didn't really talk about this, why, why the brand really resonated with people. But um, we're very intentional with the the names that we choose and the fragrances that we pair with them. So our Carolina pine candle smells like a pine tree. So anybody that grew up in the South, you know, there are pine trees everywhere yeah. and you know what pine cones That's what I'm burning like. right now. Yeah, and it smells like Christmas. Yes. And so our um, Williamsburg candle has pineapple in it because if you've ever been to Williamsburg, I, I went to Williamsburg in high school, um, yep. Colonial Williamsburg, mm-hmm. they have pineapples everywhere. And sage so, to really um, calm you down. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so our New Orleans is magnolia because magnolia is um their state tree mm-hmm. so every single candle is like it has some type of southern theme to it somebody asked me the other night would we do a oud 
oud candle i was like first off i don't even know what that word means like <laughs> i'm so basic they were like oud and i was like listen what is if that? i don't know what it is i can pretty much tell you we're not gonna have a candle that's that yeah. fancy like if it doesn't oud. grow in the ground if it's not apple yeah. or blueberry <laughs> like something our fragrances are nuanced and sophisticated but at the end of the day if we say blueberry you know what that means if you grew up in the south Mm -hmm. and so you know i think that that is really what resonated with a lot of people they'd go oh okay it's an apple candle but then when they get it they go oh my god or the Mm -hmm. bright leaf candle Mm -hmm. which you know is a tobacco uh, Mm -hmm. leaf that grew here when they get it they're thinking it's going to smell like you know, like, it's like a cigarette, yeah, yeah. but it really smells like a sweet kind of pipe tobacco. And they go, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this reminds me of my granddaddy. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's really what made the company resonate with such a large group of people. You know, anybody that has grown up in the South, they know, like back in the day, our granddaddy smoked them pipes or they dipped that snuff or, mm-hmm. you know, that's just how the that, that was just the culture back then. Mm-hmm. And they had that cherry tobacco or that you know that sweet kind of tobacco feel and so it just really resonates with people and then the cream brulee literally smells like any southern cake yeah you know it makes me so hungry it we tried so i tried good. to stop selling cream brulee for a while and people were like what are you doing it made us bring it back <laughs> same thing for the fireside it just feels like a bonfire outside a like lot of people who, love that yeah. yeah we had to make it available year round i remember literally burning trash growing up in the country like that that's just what you do. And so when you smell that kind of fragrance, it doesn't smell like trash burning, but it has that smoky, but it has that smoky kind of feel to it. It feels comforting and like something like that you are familiar with. Sitting around a bonfire. Yeah, with like sitting around a bonfire, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So that's why the, the 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 branding really mattered and really resonated with a particular group of people. We created a, a stellar product, and so they just keep coming back, and we just keep introducing new fragrances that are going to resonate with them. We keep the, the staple of the ones that people love the most, and then the rest of them we switch out every year. Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Coming. Let's go. 2023. Michelle's favorite is the sweet tea, which doesn't smell just like tea. It has berries, but it's just like a southern mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. smell. And that's Charleston, if anybody needs it. <laughs> because Charleston has a tea yep. plantation. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we can create a whole story about around every single fragrance. Yeah. And she also sells wholesale. So a lot of little like shops around in Raleigh or big shops to mm-hmm. carry her candles. That's awesome. And they can order their, um, their own city. Like there's Raleigh, there's Durham, mm-hmm. Charlotte. Um, you can pretty much order a candle that for what, any city. What's the Ra- I'm from Raleigh originally. What, so. tobacco, right? Uh, Raleigh Bradley. is the um, the oh, Carolina pine. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, so we had to make a decision with Raleigh because it's actually their thing is like acorns, mm-hmm. but the, oaks. Yeah, yeah o- oaks. Yeah. That's city what it is. Oaks, yeah. City of oaks. And I was like, well, this this oak fragrance smells terrible. So we're just <laughs> gonna t- go t- with the uh, Carolina pine. It basically just <laughs> yeah. smells like a leaf. Yeah. yeah like. So we said, well, they're the capital of North Carolina, so they're gonna get. The Carolina pine fragrance. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Durham, of course, got the bright leaf uh, scent, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. the tobacco scent that went with it. So, do you have Charlotte a golf ball is... smelling oh, one for piners? No, uh, we, <laughs> Ooh, we did a variation of the pine scent for Pinehurst. Mm. So, it doesn't quite Turf. smell like our pine, but mm. it does smell like the pine trees that are here and local people you can chop yeah. at twig and co and get those too. yeah mm-hmm. aberdeen pinehurst and there's a grass scent so if we wanted to do something yeah. along those lines there actually that's is a good a grass idea scent. royalties yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. 
See, I'm just trying to make a dollar too. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> if it makes me sneeze because I have allergies, then I know it's the real deal. It's the real deal. That's right. For right. sure. So, well, tell us uh, again, real quick, before we uh, go, um, Deshaun Russell here with uh, Southern Elegance Candle Company and Amy Ferentz, the uh, social media manager f- for the same company. Uh, tell us again where they can find you and order um, order some candles. It's secandleco.com. So secandleco.com. There you go. Well, any last words? Any last words, Deshaun? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've had a lot of words. This yeah. conversation, yeah. I'm sure y'all were not. Y'all. <laughs> Well, this is what I hope. You yeah, know? this is what I hope for oh, all yeah. the discussions we that I have. It. Yeah, I feel smarter now. Yeah, yeah. that's the idea. <laughs> that's yeah. the idea. Like I hope that when I have a conversation with anybody, you that I am thing. coming on the other side of it better off. You yeah. know, whether she always it's challenges me. wider view of the world, learn something, reflected on mm-hmm. something that I think about that challenged my own way of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely something yeah yeah thank you for enlightening enlightening us i mean you have been a fantastic uh, guest in person and it's nice to meet you uh first time we meet and we're doing an interview here so i know it can be a little awkward but you nailed it and uh, hopefully i did it okay uh y'all are fabulous uh, well thank you well you are oh yes (laughs) absolutely definitely so thank you both for coming on deshaun russell with uh southern elegance candle company and amy ferret social media marketing for the same company and uh as always your beard actually my beard's a little bit better than yours today it is today so normally he's got the better beard and clean up again. Yeah, you know, I mean, my wife hates it, but you know, I, when you can only grow hair, sexy. there you go. <laughs> when you can only grow hair on your face, you, I mean, you, because I don't have hair. I mean, you, you haven't noticed, but I'm it's taking my hat off. You know, like, there's no hair, baldy. Yeah, my son calls people without hair baldy. Oh. <laughs> I told him that's not very nice, son. You know, but my I'll take it. Baldy. It's okay. Um, but anyway. Um, my beard's looking good. I have to grow it out every now and then because I can't grow it on my head, you know? So And it's winter. It works. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I feel more BA, if you will. We've talked about this. Yeah. yeah. We, bad, we decided bad, that. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> but even though I'm not. So anyway, uh, we still don't know how to sign off on this show, and I have one ear on and one ear off here. I don't, I don't know what to do with my hands. But anyway, uh, Frank Daniels, executive producer of More or Less with Tony Barnes. Thank you for uh, for letting us do this every week, man. Well, thank Appreciate you, it. Tony Barnes, with more or less with Tony Barnes. Well, thank you very much, Frank. Uh, and uh, Deshaun <laughs> Russell and uh, Amy Ferentz with Southern Elegance Campbell Company. We'll buy, y'all. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.